Welcome everybody, great to have you with us online, across our campuses, wherever you are. So good that you've joined with us today. I want to encourage you uh, to take some notes. You're going to hear some things that are a bit different today. It's a kind of message I don't know if I've ever preached before. So if you've got a pen, got a paper, you've got your phone or your iPad, please do write something down, then take it away, reflect on it, consider it, and allow the Holy Spirit to take His Word deeper into your heart uh, over the coming days and weeks. I want to start by just saying that people have never, ever in the history of the world been more confused. People no longer know what is right, what is wrong, what is good, what is evil, what is okay to do, what is not okay to do. The confusion has never been greater from the time I've been alive, that's for sure. And we have uh, more information than ever, and yet we've got no idea whether what we're hearing, seeing, or reading is actually true. So you now have fake news. Like, where did that come from? We trusted the media to tell us what was going on. And now across the globe, no one knows. You hear something's made, some statement's called out. Is it true? Is it not true? You go to another, another station, they'll give you the opposite viewpoint. Uh, you know, the statistics all change, and it's just unbelievable the fact that the more information we've got, the more confused we have become. Historically, you actually had to know something and have some credibility before you could speak. But today, anyone can get on a computer, get on social media, and they can write out and they can speak out anything they want without any knowledge, any credential. And guess what? People are going to believe them. It is unbelievable what has happened that truth, Isaiah says, has fallen in the streets. Who knows? Who knows anymore what actually is the truth? And when the foundation of truth is gone, society loses its way. It can only crumble because the world is built on truth. Your life is built on truth. Truth is the infrastructure of our lives, of society, of civilization. But when you reject the truth, you are rejecting Jesus who said, I am the truth, the way and the life. You are rejecting the Word of God, which is the truth. When you reject God, Jesus and the Word, you are in trouble and society is collapsing on every front. In almost every area of life, there is a destruction taking place. That is the result when a world decides we don't need the truth and we don't want the truth anymore. One of the cultures that we are developing and wanting to pursue strongly in Church Unlimited more than ever before is the Bible is our foundation. We build our lives on the authority of God's Word. And one of our goals is to restore the truth to its central place in our lives and also in the church. We want to be a Bible-believing, Bible-reading, a Bible-obeying church and people. Because when we are that, friends, we will be strong. Matthew 7, you know about the two houses. One was built on uh, reading and obeying uh, the Word of God, built on the truth. When the storms came, it stood. The other house was built. It wasn't built on the Word of God. It wasn't built on hearing and obeying. When the storms came, the people collapsed. Why are so many collapsing today, friends? Why are so many Christians collapsing today? Because they're not building their lives upon the Word, upon the rock, 
upon the truth, upon obedience to what God says. We got to get back to the book, friends. It is a foundation of your life. It's a foundation of my life, but not only that, it's a foundation of society. You know, uh, years ago, people used to believe uh, in this Bible. And you know, in courts of law, people would put their hand on the Bible. You know, I swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Well, some people still do it and then proceed to lie. Isn't that, isn't that right? I mean, it's, and in fact, they hardly even do this anymore because no one, people don't, no longer really believe that the truth is contained in this book. John 17, 17 says, your word is truth. Are you confused? Are you wondering what's right or wrong? Do you know what's acceptable and what's not acceptable anymore? Read the book. It's all in here, friends. It's clear. It's black and white. It's not confusing. But if you're not in the book, guess what? Your beliefs are going to be shaped by social media. It's going to be shaped by the television. It's going to be shaped by fake news. It's going to be shaped by what your friends tell you, what your lecturers speak to you. No, friends, don't go there. It'll be a total disaster. Truth is not a what, it's a who. Jesus is the truth. It's a person. It's a person. The more you love Jesus, the more you're going to love truth. And the more you're going to know truth, and we know the truth will set you free. John 16, uh, John 14, verse 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. This book represents the truth there are no lies in this book. There ain't no fake news in here, folks. You know, it's probably the only, one of the only books in the world that you can believe every single word that is written in there. You know, because God is not a man that he should lie. The world would lie to you. God will never lie to you. He will give you the truth. He'll tell you what's right and he'll tell you what's wrong. See, uh, what is it? John Dryden said, truth is the foundation of all knowledge and the cement of all societies. What happens when you remove the cement, folks? Collapse. And that's exactly what we're seeing. It's Isaiah 59, 14. Uh, truth has fallen in the street. Rev. Zacharias, who's passed away now, from whom I got some of this material, he said this, if there is a tragedy in our times as to why the church may have failed this generation is we've not given them a truth in the way it ought to be given. Truth has not only fallen in the streets, friends. Listen well. It's also fallen in the church. The truth has been diluted. Bible preaching has been diminished to be more engaging, to be more relevant, so to speak, so that people go out and say, wow, how amazing was that? So we dilute the truth. And this is the foundation upon which Christianity is built. And so today we have many Christians don't even believe the basic foundations of the Word of God. Some statistics coming out that I'll probably share with you next week that are absolutely shocking what's happening in Pentecostal and charismatic churches across the globe. Why? Because the preaching of the Word of God, the truth, the whole truth, has been diminished, has been diluted. And with that, friends, you dilute people's faith. Their faith is no longer as strong as it should be. And so when, as I said, the storms come, people begin 
to fall apart. So the enemy has slowly but surely dismantled the truth with catastrophic consequences across the globe. If you watch the news, and I watch America, and I see what's happening in that once most powerful nation in the world, you see the rioting, you see the anarchy, you see the killing, you see the murder, you see burning in the streets, you see fires all over the place, and I think, my God, what has happened to our world? I'm telling you what's happened. When you reject the truth, there is total collapse. Total collapse. One of our roles, friends, is to be stewards of the truth. How do you be a steward of the truth? You you reflect what Jesus is really like to the world around you. That's being a steward. See, we are to be the truth. We are to demonstrate the truth as believers in Christ. The truth that lives in us, we ought to demonstrate it to the people who are around us. And so, Psalm 51, verse 6, you desire truth in the inward parts. So, friends, we need to be the same in public as we are in private. That's the truth. See, we have three lives. Our public life, our private life, and our secret life that no one knows much about. To be a person of truth, those three must align. And the church must align these as well, friends, so we represent the truth well to the world. We can't talk about unity in the church and and, and loving one another and then fight and conflict. The world looks on and say, that's not the truth. What's that about? And that's one of the problems we have, friends. They say that the world has not so much rejected Jesus, the truth. They've more rejected the church, which hasn't demonstrated the truth in the way that it needed to be demonstrated. You know, one of the uh, real struggles that we have today is that the television, the internet, social media, they're all image platforms. They create personas. And so you can appear on screen different to the real you. There's two personalities. You know, through social media, you can present yourself in one way, or the television can present a person in one way. It's a persona that is created that doesn't necessarily match up with the the real person of who they actually are. And so you can appear to be happy and everything going well on social media. At the same time, you are totally depressed and miserable. You can appear to have a lot of friends when you actually don't have a lot of friends. Your public life, what you show to people doesn't match up with who you really are. And I want you to make a decision today before Almighty God that what you present to others is gonna be the real you. There's gonna be integrity in your life. This is what the world is waiting for. This is what God is waiting for in your life and in mine. Let's not live a double life, friends, because that's not the truth. That is false and that is fake. This is the danger of social media today. Now, it doesn't mean you have to be perfect. It doesn't mean you make no mistakes. That's okay. But don't pretend what you're not. One of the great tragedies in the church today, I believe, is that, that the social media and television has presented celebrities in one form, in one shape, and one image has been presented. But the problem is we've soon discovered that the image we saw on the screen was not the image of the real person in private. The two must connect friends in our lives. See, the world 
my God is looking for heroes. I'm looking for heroes. I'm looking and you are looking for people whose lives, real heroes, real Christians, who live God-honoring lives, who are true on the outside as they are on the inside. The world of the young, friends, believe me, is looking desperately for heroes because heroes have disappointed them again and again and again. I want you to make a decision. You be that hero. You be that hero for someone else. You live a life that honors God and be a hero that so many are looking for today. I read this that in a youth conference, a 12 to 14 year old walked up to the microphone, there was a big panel of distinguished speakers on the platform, and he said, I've just one question. It's a question a lot of people are asking, friends. He said, I've struggled with taking my life a few times. Can you please tell me what my life actually means? Will you give me the truth? See, friends, he wanted answers to the key questions of life. And only the Bible gives us those answers. Only the truth is found in this book. Who am I? What is my life about? What is my purpose? What am I doing here? Where am I going? What am I meant to do with my life? Somebody, tell me. It's a desperate plea from the heart of young and old. People are so confused. People are so lost. Because when you reject the truth, you are going to be lost. The truth shows you the way. We have a lost world. And you know, the world lies to us in so many ways. It says you're of no value. The world says you have no future. Life has no meaning. You're ugly. You're a mistake. You're unloved. You're dumb. You'll never amount to anything. But friends, we've got to get back into this book which tells us the truth about who we are. And it says, I am loved. I am wonderfully made. I bear the image of God. I'm of great value. I am forgiven. I have a future. I have a hope. I have a great purpose. I am more than a conqueror. This is the truth. Friends, we've got to bring back the book. We've got to bring back the Word of God. Not something that sits on a shelf capturing dust. If you don't open this book, friends, you are lost. You can't know the truth. And you can't understand what your life is really all about. You'll be surprised how much understanding you are taking from what the world tells you. From what media tells you. What friends tell you. And no wonder you end up thinking, what on earth is going on? This is not just unbelievers, friends. This is for you and me as well. God gave us the greatest gift of all. He gave us dignity, worth, and value. Do you know how he did that? He made you in the image of God. As I was preparing this message, I thought, let that sink deep into your spirit. That you are not worthless. You are not useless. You are not hopeless. You are of immense value. Made in the image of God. Of Almighty God. And guess what? God makes no junk. God makes no rubbish. 
God makes nothing that's worthless. Nothing that's useless. He makes nothing that has no purpose. He makes nothing that has no meaning. He makes nothing that has no future and no hope. We've got to get back into this book. Because the more you get it, the more you discover who you are and what your life is about and what you're meant to do. See, when we reject the truth, the result is brokenness, emptiness, desolation, and aloneness. It's not a surprise that people's lives are falling apart. You cannot reject God and the truth and think life's going to be okay, that you're going to do well. It's what the world's tried to do, friends. Look at the mess. I can't believe the mess the world is in. But this is the consequences. 2018, the age of 81, 61, sorry, celebrity chef Anthony Bourdain took his life, leaving a 13-year-old daughter. Kate Spade, age 55, a well-known designer, took her life, leaving an 11-year-old daughter. She left a note for her daughter saying, I've always loved you. This has nothing to do with you. Ask your father. Will she get the truth from her father? Who knows? Both committed suicide around the peak of their successes. Why would anyone do that? I guarantee there were a whole stack of reasons why these people did that. But I just want to suggest that they probably never had the most fundamental questions in life answered. They probably never really worked out what the meaning of life was, what their purpose was. And you see, unless those questions are answered, people struggle through life, lost, groping in the dark. And the end is not good. They find that nothing satisfies. Suddenly discover that fame, success, family, friends, it just doesn't cut it. So you get to the peak of your career, world famous, travel the globe, and take your life. When you reject God and truth, everything collapses. That's why at Church Unlimited, we are passionate to bring back and exalt this book, the truth, to its highest place. Don't buy into the lie that this book is boring and dull and cannot be enjoyed, friends. That is a lie from the bottom of the pit of hell. This book is life. And the thing you're searching for more than anything else is life. Postmodernism says there's no such thing as absolute truth. You want to write that down if you've never understood that before. The universities tell us that truth is not absolute. Morality is not absolute. You can decide yourself what is moral, what is right, what is accepted. To believe in the sanctity of marriage and living a moral life, you will be seen as out of step with the times. 
They'll say that you are regressive in your thinking, not progressive. No absolute truth. When there's no absolute truth, no one knows what's right or wrong anymore. No one knows what's good or evil. They say all choices are on the table because no one knows. You can't say that's wrong anymore. You can't say you can't do that anymore. New Zealand is now one of the most secular nations in the world, meaning religion has increasingly lost its influence. Religious institutions like the church are now seen as irrelevant. We're secular. We don't need God. You can't bring God or the Bible into an argument about morality or about anything. That's what a secular society does. Now watch this. Reverend Zacharias brought this out. He said, the end of secularization is we no longer feel shame or conviction, which is God telling us something is wrong. And that protects us from going further into destructive patterns of behavior. So when shame has gone, you can do anything you want without guilt. Conscience is removed. Conviction is gone. Legitimate shame has disappeared. Anything goes. And don't you dare judge someone else's behavior. That's what the world is telling us, friends, today. And believe me, friends, it's going to get worse and worse. And you ain't seen nothing yet. Our government, you've been watching the news. I hope you have. And what's on its agenda now? Laws on hate speech. You know where that's going? Do you? I'll tell you where it's going. The danger is that preaching the truth of the Bible on sin will be seen as hate speech. I've had the privilege for 40 years, I can preach the whole Bible, whole counsel of God. I fear for the next generation that they will be limited into what parts of this Bible that they can preach because it will be considered as hate speech. Friends, let's get into the game here. The church needs to get on its knees like it has never done in the history of this nation. We need to cry out to God and we need to plead for his mercy and his grace for our nation because we are drifting further and further away from God. We've got to prayer walk this nation. We've got to seek his face like we've never done before. Friends, because the decline is taking place in your very eyes. It's happening under your watch. It's happening under my watch. We cannot sit back, lie idle on our lazy boys and do nothing and watch our nation go to hell. We can't do it, friends. God, raise up an army. Raise up people with conviction, concern, compassion for the truth and what is happening to our beloved nation. I feel it strongly, friends. We've called our conference in New Zealand and beyond because our passion is to reach this nation. It's time to stand up. It's time to fight, friends. Time to do what we can. These are serious times. The first commandment, Genesis 2, 16 and 17, the Lord commanded the man, of every tree of the garden you may freely eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for the day you eat of it you shall surely die. The enemy comes in Genesis 3, verse 4, the servant said to the woman, you shall not die. God knows the day you eat of it, watch this, your eyes will be opened. You'll be like God, knowing good and evil. The enemy was saying, you can become the definer 
of good and evil. So fallen man, sinful man, has become the definer of what is good and what is evil. No wonder everybody is so totally confused and the world is in such a mess. You're now told you can believe whatever you want. We can no longer define who we are. In terms of our gender, we cannot define marriage. There's no definitions. They're being removed. They're being eradicated. These are dangerous times. So what's our response to all this as I begin to wrap this up? Psalm 119, verse 45, I shall walk in freedom, for I've sought out your precepts. You want to walk in freedom? You want to know freedom? It's found in this book. It's the only place it's found. John 8, 32 says, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. One of the greatest lies of the enemy to you and to me. So he says, do what you want to do, do what feels good, and you'll have a happy, enjoyable life. But friends, when we do what we want to do, we end up in bondage. We end up in despair and desolation. Because friends, only following the truth is going to bring us the freedom that we long for and the freedom that we desire in our lives. See, we're constantly bombarded by the media, internet, family and friends telling us how to live. And the direction we all need to take and make a decision is to let this book tell us what is right and wrong. Let this book tell us how we are to conduct our lives in this world. Don't listen to anything else or anyone else. I don't care if it's your closest friend. I don't care if it's your father or your mother. I don't care who it is. I don't care if it's a pastor. Get your guidance. Get your direction from this book and this book alone. It is the truth, and the truth will set you free. Doesn't matter what the latest trends are on the media. Doesn't matter what the latest public opinion is. It doesn't matter what some celebrities are saying. I don't care how famous they are. I don't care if they have millions of followers and they're the most watched people or preachers on the planet. I don't care. What I care about is what's written in this book. And friends, you need to find out what's written in this book just as I need to find out because that is the only way for we need to live in this book so our thinking is defined by, by this book. So our behavior is directed by this book. So our responses are in line with what this book says. We need to live, friends, in this book. When you read the Bible with a surrendered heart, it's when you experience transformation. Pascal, a scientist, took pride in his atheism, thrown into prison for being a student on a student strike. In prison, he was designed for 800 men. There was 2,500 in there. They sat elbow to elbow on bare boards, mostly in rags. Pascal had been provided, only had one book. His family had given him a Bible, this atheist, sitting in prison. What else do you do? He began to read the book. 
The book began to read him. He began to be apprehended by the scriptures and verses. And this atheist suddenly realized that this book has transforming power. He turned away from his atheism. He became a Christian. Began to run Bible studies in the prison for a number of months. And surprisingly, he was actually set free. And once he was set free, he'd go back into the prison and take Bible studies and provide food for some of the prisoners. Why do I share that story, friends? This book changes lives. This book transforms people. Truth has fallen in the streets. 1 Timothy 3, verse 15. The church of, listen to this, the church of the living God, the pillar and foundation of truth. The church is the pillar and the foundation of truth. Who's the church? It's you. It's me. We are the pillar and foundation of truth for the world in which we live. Let's be faithful to this responsibility that God has given us. One of the most important callings on the church and Christians is to uphold the truth. It is the foundation of civilization. And God has called Church Unlimited to be an arrow of truth, to uphold this foundation of faith. It's a huge responsibility we carry when a Bible is being minimized all over the globe. God's given us running with fire ministries. Often wondered, God, why? Television, the radio, magazine we've put out. I now understand to uphold the truth of God's word, to uphold the truth of the scriptures. This is a weighty calling that God has placed upon this church, upon you and upon me. Can I ask you to make a decision today? This is the decision I'm asking you to make. That for the rest of your life, you and your family will daily read and obey God's word. You are the pillar of truth, friends. You must do this. I can't force you to do it, but you must do it. If you've never reading your Bible, start with a few minutes a day. Start reading a scripture around the dinner table. Do something, do anything, but start. Be faithful stewards, reflecting Jesus and truth to a lost world. God's depending on you, and he's depending on me. So Church Unlimited, we will passionately pursue this culture. The Bible is our foundation. We build our lives on the authority of God's word. It's time to exalt God's word to the highest place in our hearts and in his church. In Jesus' name, amen.